into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! Playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Hello? You play to win the game. They're down to the 20. All the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. I don't believe what I just saw. One of the all-time shockers. Hi, everyone. I'm Mitch Goldich, and welcome to episode 15 of my very creatively named Mitch Goldich podcast. I have a fun episode today. It's a little bit different from what I usually do. Those of you who are regular listeners know I usually talk to people in the sports media about their jobs and careers and day-to-day, and my guest today is not in the media. It is Jay Cornegay. He's the Vice President of Race and Sports Operations at the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook. Uh, Many of you are probably familiar with that casino uh, because they uh, get mentioned, and a lot of times you'll see their odds and stories. They're also the book that offers the Super Contest, which is the... Uh, I think the biggest uh, NFL gambling contest in the world, and it's one that I always pick along with on Twitter. So I'm sure we'll talk all about the Golden Knights and the Raiders and all the exciting things going on in Vegas right now. But before we get to it, just want to say thanks, everyone, for tuning in, especially if you're here for the first time. You should know that you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. You can definitely go back and listen to a bunch of the old episodes. I've had some interesting guests Uh, Derek Bodner was in the most recent one before that Sarah Barshop after the two of us both got back from covering the Super Bowl. Uh, I've had uh, Jeff Perlman, Will Leach, Jason Stark, all kinds of great guests. They're not super timely, so you can always go back and listen to old episodes and hopefully enjoy them. And if you do enjoy them, I would definitely appreciate it if you take a minute to leave me a nice rating and a review in iTunes. Uh, This is something I always mention, and uh, I got a very nice one after my last episode. Somebody named future former Sixer, so I'm assuming it's a Sixers fan who must have listened to my episode with Derek Bodner, and uh, I'm going to read it because the comment says, great podcast with a clever name, which of course I appreciate, and then they say, I'd highly recommend it to aspiring sports journalists who want to hear about the biz, so that's a nice comment, and I just thought I'd read it, which I don't usually do, but I just want to let you know that it doesn't have to be long. I think sometimes people think that uh, it's going to be this arduous task and they have to write like a book report about my podcast. Uh, But you can really just go in there and write two sentences if you want. And uh, it's definitely helpful because it helps other people discover the podcast. And uh, that's always good. So thanks to those who already have written reviews and left ratings on iTunes. And hopefully I'll see a nice new batch of them after this podcast today. So with that, let's bring in Jay Cornegay and talk Vegas. Hi, Jay. How's it going? Good, Mitch. How are you? I'm good. I uh, appreciate you doing this. I know in Vegas there are infinitely more fun things you could be doing than talking to me on the phone, so appreciate you carving out some of your day for me. You mean like work? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess that too. (laughs) Um, So I guess uh, to start with some some background for those who are maybe unfamiliar, but could you just tell us uh, a little bit about your job and sort of your day-to-day at the Westgate and and what that looks like? Well, yeah, as as many uh, people know, this is a time where it starts to slow down a little bit. We, we are a, a very big NBA house, uh, so we our nights are, are filled with those playoff games along with uh, the hockey uh, playoffs, and, and it really picks up at, at night during this time. But overall, um, it, it slows down a bit. So this is the time of year that, and we've been actually working on this for uh, actually a couple of months, but we really picked it up over the last couple of weeks, and that's football season, believe it or not. So uh, over the last uh, a couple of weeks, we've really dug in and uh, 
start looking at some of our football promotions and, and how we're going to change up a, a couple of things. And uh, the Super Contest has been discussed. So a lot of behind-the-house work has been going on over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then so uh, so most people, even if they've never been to Vegas, they're familiar with betting and lines. And they know, you know, the opening lines come in and then they move uh, throughout the week. Um, so that process, how uh, how hands on are you in that and how many people are involved in those decisions on uh, sort of the, the small amounts, the numbers and, and setting the actual lines? Well, we I mean, the daily stuff, we don't really set those lines uh it's just too much for us, and, and besides the you know offshores, and, and there's so many other lines that are out there. By the time we open up the shops, in fact, most of the Vegas is that way, is that uh, you know you start looking at the market, and then you put up those lines. So I will we'll do our own uh, odds making on, for example, like we right after the Masters, you know, we put up the U.S. Open. We do our own odds for NASCAR and, and golf. Uh, as far as uh, the first week of the NFL, you know, we have four or five guys that work on that as soon as the schedules are released. Um, futures, um, we just, um, uh, whenever we post futures, those are our own odds as well. So those type of things and our weekly pro football uh, odds, those are, you know, odds that are made in-house. And then the rest of the stuff, uh, most of it, is this something that we just look at the market and post up and uh, kind of book it uh, towards our clientele and the money that we see on those events? All right, so could we uh, back up and talk a little bit about your career path and uh, what you did before you got to the Westgate and, and sort of how you got into the, the business to begin with? Uh, sure, sure. I've been in the business for uh, 31 years now and came out here, uh, went to Colorado State University, started my career in Tahoe and wasn't quite sure exactly what I was going to do after school, uh, but I was very intrigued by the gaming industry, and I uh, started working at Harris Tahoe um, as a as a change person of all things. I worked in the thought department. They weren't hiring for the race and sports book in the middle of the summer, uh, which I'm very aware aware of nowadays, uh, but, and how that works. But back then, I thought I could just come out here and start working for a sports book. Uh, not so fast, as they said, uh, in the middle of June. So I came out and uh, started working uh, up there, and, and uh, by the time football season uh, began, I was up in the sports book. And I worked up there for just over a year or so, and I decided that was a, a good uh, sample for me, and I was ready for the move to Las Vegas. So I came down here, uh, Worked at Bally's for a while. Um, then I opened up the uh, Imperial Palace Race and Sports Book in '89, and uh, I spent 15 years there. Uh, got offered a position over here to run the Super Book in 2004, and been here since. So, 13 years here, uh, and seen a lot of different changes uh, in the industry, the city, um, and, and even our book. So uh, it, it's been a, a great career, and uh, uh, I really uh, I have no regrets whatsoever. So uh, it's been really good to me. So of those changes that you just referenced, what are some of the biggest ones over the years that you've been doing it? 
Well, technology is always a, a, a big part of it. As technology advances, uh, it always seems to hit the race and sports book um, last. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of things that we can dream of, and, and I know some of the technology that's uh, available to other um, industries, not just the gaming industry, but you, you start thinking of things, and it's just a matter of cost and how much uh, uh, time, um, you know, programming and all that is involved. I mean, we can think of a lot of things, like we should be able to do this or we should be able to do that. Well, certainly we can do those things, but it's just a matter of how much money do you want to invest in, in, in you know, this part uh, of the uh, industry. And uh, so technology has really made tremendous amount of strides. Uh, obviously, in recent years, the climate has changed dramatically towards uh, sports gambling as we've seen, um, you know, the major leagues and the NCAA uh, somewhat uh, have a lighter stance on sports gambling, you know, headed by Adam Silver. He was the first one to really acknowledge that, uh, you know, we should consider uh, looking at sports gambling and embrace it, uh, regulate it, and uh, um, like it is in the state of Nevada, and and uh, embrace what, what it has to offer. It's already taking place, so we might as well you know, move forward with it. So um, that's another change. So you look at the, the technology, you look at the climate change, uh, how it's viewed uh, by the rest of the, the country and world. And uh, some of the regulations have changed uh, dramatically as well. Uh, um, you, you look at some of the tighter knit regulations that have been in place uh, compared to what we've seen uh, or what we saw years ago. Uh, and some of that uh, has changed in, in, in the other direction as well as the Nevada Gaming Commission has uh, been a little bit more lenient uh, towards other betting options, whether it's betting on the MVP of the Super Bowl or Cy Young or MVP of baseball. You just saw it with the draft. It was the first time that we were able to accept wagers on that. So, you know, as 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 an operator in the state of Nevada and just talking to uh, my colleagues, we always thought that there was opportunity there. Uh, it seems like they are lightening up uh, their stance on some of these other options that you would only find in offshore properties, but now are starting to see them here in the state of Nevada. Yeah, So, and you mentioned the draft, which just happened, and we're, we're talking Friday morning, so the first round is over with, and then this will probably get published after the whole thing's over um, but yeah, I think uh, a lot of people who maybe don't follow it hear that news. Oh, you can bet on the draft for the first time, and it might surprise them that maybe you couldn't before, uh, and and that you can now. So, um, I mean, what was that like? How far in advance did did you guys hear that that would be allowed? And then, what's that decision making process like for you guys to to figure out? Okay, what can we offer, and what do we want to have available, and and uh, just you know, looking at creating lines for something that you've never been able to offer bets on before. Well, it was a little surprising because we didn't realize one of our competitors uh, actually submitted <clears throat> to accept wagers on on uh, the NFL draft. I, you know, we didn't. Most of us were not aware of it. And then when we heard it was approved, there was actually only 17 types of wagers that were approved uh, uh, for wagers to be uh, accepted on. So. 
we um, at first my 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 personal first reaction was I didn't I didn't think it was going to be that popular. I thought we would just get grocery dollars on it, um, and I was a little concerned about the information that was out there and how it could change, <clears throat> and so we would have to stay on top of it. It it, it felt like there was going to be a lot of work involved um, monitoring you know the latest breaking news or you know the police blotter in some cases. Uh, that would affect certain numbers, and we'd do all this work for it, and we would take very little action on it. But I was pleasantly surprised to see that a lot of people were interested in those propositions. It, it didn't knock the doors down, but it certainly received a lot more attention from the betters than than we anticipated. Uh, and I can see where the growth. Would uh, come in, in you know the next uh, next few years as we expand some of those options. And this country loves football. They love betting football, and they certainly warmed up to those uh, NFL draft propositions. Yeah. So just to kind of put the numbers in context, can you compare it to action on like the the Masters of the U.S. Open or a, a college basketball weekend, or uh, you know just to to give an idea of, of how much action you took on the draft? Uh, yeah, you can't compare it to those events. I, I actually compared it to, uh, I was asked that question the other day, and uh, that was just a, a couple of days prior to uh, the draft, and I compared, well, we, we only put up, I believe, seven, eight different propositions for it, um, and if you totaled all those uh, together, it would be uh, comparable to a very good like isolated baseball game let's just say the Yankees and Red Sox on Sunday night or Monday night uh, at that time that's what I was comparing it to uh, over the last uh, about the 24 hours prior to the the draft we actually um, had to cut off wagering the night before so the wagering was cut off at all Nevada sports books the, the Wednesday night prior to the draft and uh, after the, the last 24 hours, we received a lot more than I thought. So I would compare it to a, um, you know, if you were to take two of those baseball games and put them together, uh, I think that would be very comparable to what we saw on the NFL draft. Yeah, and, and like you said, probably a huge growth opportunity, of, you know, eventually offering even more different kinds of bets, and you just figure more people are aware of it next year and and ready to uh, to bet on the draft. Uh, amazing how much the, the draft has grown over the years, and now it's a three day thing that you can bet on in Vegas. Um, yeah. So the, just, yeah, and I and I attribute that to the coverage that the networks dedicate to it now, and certainly the huge buildup and all the information that's available, uh, and they share that, and the fans really just eat that up. Uh, I think the the with the betting being cut off at the end of day uh, uh, on Wednesday, I think that caught some people off guard, and I think that they'll be well aware of that next year. So I could see it uh, really getting uh, some momentum in the coming years. All right, so the the big news, uh, which I'm sure everyone listening knows, and, and you touched on it earlier, but two pro teams are coming. The Golden Knights are going to start their NHL season this fall, and then the Raiders are eventually going to move from o- Oakland after a couple more seasons away. Um, you've been in Vegas for a, for a long time. I mean, did you ever think this was a real possibility that all of a sudden two teams would be coming to town? Uh, you know, at what point did this 
this kind of become real uh, a real possibility for you uh just not even in your job but just as like a, as a Vegas resident I mean what was that like to hear that news um still shaking my head on 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 that one Mitch <laughs> especially the Raiders uh the, the hockey I, I I could see that uh, that was a possibility you know we always discussed this and over the years and and figured that it would be the you know a hockey or an NBA team that would come here first uh which ended up being uh you know an NHL team never did I think the Raiders or any other NFL team would would be located here in Las Vegas, at least not in my lifetime, because they they were the leader. They, the, the NFL, uh, I believe, of of all the major sports, would as most of us viewed in Las Vegas, they were the 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 leaders of the anti gambling um, stance, and they. Uh, Despite them having games and other uh, gambling jurisdictions uh, across the the world, mainly London and, and Mexico City, uh, you know, it was only a short time ago that the NFL wouldn't even let Las Vegas advertise during the Super Bowl, and um, and that was just like four or five, maybe six years ago, something like that. And uh, I mean, we we couldn't even advertise the city. Uh, you know, for um, you know, obviously, uh, um, for um, uh, the Las Vegas Conventions uh, Authority, they're the ones that uh, were turned down by the NFL in advertising uh, during the Super Bowl. So it, it's been a 180 degree turn over the last uh, couple of years. I mean, if you would have asked me that question, if the NFL team was going to um, move to or relocate to Las Vegas, I just I'd say absolute a hundred percent no. It's never gonna happen. And so it was certainly a surprise to uh, a lot of us. Um but you know we're happy to see him here. Uh we certainly don't see any kind of conflict um despite the proximity uh, where they're gonna be located. As I said that half of the teams in the National Football League are within 10 miles of a casino. Now, we do realize those other casinos don't have sports books, but you also have to be reminded that 97 to 98% of everything that's taken on the NFL, meaning wagers, takes place outside of Nevada. In fact, I've told people in California, there's probably more wagers on the Raiders in California than there is in the state of Nevada. And we just... We don't take a lot of people think we take these millions, millions of dollars. Uh, and in some cases, uh, there are if you total up some, you know, a, a, a period of time, whether it's a year or uh, the season. Yeah, it looks like a big number, but it only represents two to three percent. That's everything that's wagered on pro football. So, um, and I think that's what Adam Silver recognized before anybody else. And he looked at these stats and these. These stats, these reports that were out there by the government and the, the Bush administration didn't come from the Nevada gaming industry. This came from Washington, and, uh, that this is going on. People are making wagers. They enjoy making wagers on, on sporting events, and most of, it, you know, most of it takes place outside of the state of Nevada.
Mm-hmm. And uh, am, am I correct that they actually have not officially decided if they're going to take action on on bets on those two teams, or because um, that's am I right? That's not up to you guys. It's sort of up to the gaming commission or the or the league. How how is that decision going to be made? Because I know that that you can take bets on other uh, sporting events in Nevada, whether it's UNLV or uh, fights and uh, probably golf tournaments and things. So h- how does that work, the decision uh, whether or not to actually let people bet on the Golden Knights or the Raiders? Well, it, it it's um, the leagues have an option to request to the Nevada Gaming Commission to take their particular games off the board, um, which we have already been notified by the Golden Knights and the Raiders that they are not going to submit that type of request. They they don't have an issue, even though they're not going to promote it, uh, but they have no issue with the local sports books in Las Vegas to accept wagers on their teams, whether they're playing here or out of state, it's uh, which was a welcome relief to us. Um, but uh, it's uh, <clears throat> it's really up to the gaming commission to either um, uh, enforce that request or to allow the wagering uh, on these games. Now. Going back to 2000, when Senator McCain was trying to ban college sports betting, which now he's taken a 180-degree turn on this, um, that uh, he was trying to prohibit um, college or college uh, any any type of uh, college wagers in the state of Nevada, because he was very concerned about. uh, you know what happened with his the Arizona State scandal back in the early mid 90s, um, and he called us out basically stating that we don't even take wagers on our own schools, and we we certainly looked at that, and the gaming commission uh, looked at it and said, "You're right. There is absolutely no reason for us to ban wagers on those uh, schools that are are within." the state borders. So they lifted that ban in 2000. So we've been taking wagers on UNLV and UNR games uh, ever since. And and it's really just another game on the board. And we said that way prior to that. There was no problem uh, taking wagers on it. And uh, we feel the same thing uh, for, um, you know, the uh, the teams that are relocating here and then the expansion team, excuse me, the expansion NHL team. So, um it's uh you know despite the proximity it, it really doesn't matter with today's technology people can make a wager you know whether they're in Kansas New York Florida you know San Francisco it, it it's in the palm of their hand if they really want to do it and they do do it um, it's just not regulated and policed like it is here in the state of Nevada so um, we welcome you know the two teams we think it's very exciting for the city and the community and certainly the sports books. Uh, so the people that don't understand the sports books really do need to come out. We, we've actually toured some senators, politicians, lawmakers uh, over the years, and they're very impressed on how 
regulated and, and, and controlled the, the sports books are uh, in the state of Nevada. And when they do depart, they certainly have a different perspective of, uh, of the sports book industry here in Nevada uh, than they did when they first arrived because we are a highly, highly regulated environment and um, whether it's, you know, the background checks that are people that are um, taking, accepting wagers here or even making the wagers on the other side, we know basically everything about everybody that's uh, in the sports book or on or accepting wagers at the counter. So, um, you know, we're moving forward and uh, we have no issues. And I know that there's still a lot of people out there that don't understand uh, <laughs> the move and and you know, there's whether it's the the gaming gaming aspect or just. Uh, Heartbroken because uh, of the the recent lo relocations of three NFL teams in the last uh, uh, year and a half, um, you know we're we're certainly certainly excited here in the city of Las Vegas. And for those uh, for those who don't understand or, or follow, I suggest uh, following you on Twitter. Actually, I know you're a good source of uh, you share a lot of the news articles and things going on with. Uh, uh, everything that's been happening, especially lately. So uh, they can follow you at Jay Cornegay, J-A-Y-K-O-R-N-E-G-A-Y. And I'll let you get out of here, but just one last question for you. Um, I know everyone always talks about fun times of year in Vegas, and they want to come out there and, and bet whether it's the Super Bowl or March Madness or whatever. But uh, from you being there, what do you think is the, the most fun time of year to be in Vegas as a sports fan and a better? Well, there's a, there's I don't think it's any particular time it's it's very tough to just narrow that down because we have so many great events um obviously uh you know the super bowl and march madness kind of headline that group uh it's very busy though it's very uh, uh at times um challenging for for you know the guests and as as well as the operators because it's just so many people mitch you know getting out here uh, but coming out here for the first weekend of the NFL is a lot of fun. Uh, that's still a, a very busy time, but it's a great time. Uh, we see so many people come out and for the first Sunday, and, and you see so many jerseys. And as I, I, I always describe it, everybody is in first place at that time. So you got even the Browns fans out there, you know, wearing their jerseys. And uh, uh, I, I think that's an exciting time. Uh, March Madness is a very unique uh, uh, event. Um, that first weekend is is uh, it, it's kind of system overload uh, for for all of us. So I'm not sure if that would you want to be that you know, it kind of experience that as your first trip out here. The Super Bowl is a a, a really good time um, because you have so many other events. It's not just about the uh, the game itself, but there's other events going on Friday and Saturday. And, you know, once we start playing, uh, you know, these hockey games and these football games, you know, that's also going to be another opportunity to come out and, and uh, you know, see an event like that right on the strip and, and enjoy all the other offerings that Vegas has. So uh, hard to narrow it down, but those are some of the highlights. But, uh, you know, any big fight or big UFC fight, that's also a, a great time to be uh, in town. But if I always tell people, just do your research. Look up, you know, go on the net, look at what's going on. Um, if you want a big sporting event, you're going to find it. I just named a few, but there's a few more that are certainly uh, are uh, a, a great time as well. 
but if you do a little homework, you're going to be able to pick the right event for yourself. All right. Well, uh, I agree. I've been out there for uh, a handful of different times of the year and a bunch of events and always a good time to, uh, to be out there in Vegas. So uh, thanks for coming on and telling us a little bit about the new teams coming out there and the climate right now. Uh, I definitely appreciate your time and uh, thanks a lot. Have a good one. Okay, Mitch. Thank you. Okay, thanks again to Jay. I know I flattered him a little bit by uh, mentioning his Twitter handle in front of him, but you can follow him on Twitter at Jay Cornegay, and he does share some uh, good articles and links to things going on in Vegas and in the gambling world. Uh, you can also follow the uh, Superbook at LV Superbook, and uh, they'll have tons of stuff, pictures from their sportsbook. You see it on Twitter, and it makes you wish you were in Vegas <laughs> at the moment. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Mitch Goldich, M-I-T-C-H-G-O-L-D-I-C-H. You can like my Facebook page, just search Mitch Goldich on Facebook, and you'll see all my podcast episodes and articles that I write for Sports Illustrated and other things. Uh, Twitter, I post a lot more stuff. Uh, Facebook, it's mostly just articles and podcasts and things. Twitter, I'm on there all day. Uh, but if you just want podcasts, you can subscribe in iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. As I mentioned at the top, you can go back and listen to plenty of old episodes. Derek Bodner, Tom McCarthy, Michael McCann, uh, plenty of interesting guests. And if you've got a minute, it would be nice to leave me a rating or a review, which helps other people find the podcast in iTunes and uh, whatever other site they use. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.